Are you ready for change? Are you tired of living with the chain that you bear every day? Pursuers become doers. I think we as Christians tolerate too much of what doesn't belong to us. I think we tolerate too much what doesn't belong to us. We sing songs, we read the Bible, but do you really believe it? Or do we just go through this ceremonial phrase of do's and we hear? I'm sure God that God's not that way. It's amazing how long people live in a condition that God has no plan for them. God has not planned for us to live in conditions that are not part of his kingdom. I want to read some scripture verses this morning, and I'd like to talk a little bit about pursuit. Elisha pursued Elijah. And he pursued Elijah until he received from Elijah what was promised. And after he received, he became a doer. He struck the water and it parted. Jesus said to the disciples, follow me and I'm going to make you. And he sent them out, and they did great things for God. But when he left, they received the mantle. And they pursued the words that Jesus said to them. And in their pursuit, they took time to receive what the word said. And the word became a reality in their life. And they went out, and they healed the sick. They preached the gospel. They raised the dead. They cleansed the leper. And what we have is we have Christians who live in conditions when we should actually be doers. Come on. Is that you? This always challenges me. Because I know that what I know is very limited compared to what he knows. And I know that I know that I only have a portion of who he really is. And I know that I only understand a little bit about what it's all about. 
And therefore, my pursuit is to know more. And to get more and do more. And be more effective. We should never settle or be satisfied where we are. I'm not talking about being spiritually discontent. I'm talking about pursuit after what God has said is a possibility for your life. In, uh, in John chapter 3, verse 31 through to 36, a very interesting passage of Scripture. It says this, He that cometh from above is above all. And he that is of the earth is earthly. And speaketh of the earthly. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And he hath seen and heard that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. Isn't that amazing? He that receiveth his testimony hath set his seal that God is true. Is your seal set? Do you receive the testimony of Jesus? Do you receive what he said? Does it change your life? Does it give you a destiny? Does it do a work in you that needs to be done? Does it equip you to actually do something for God? God will never do on earth what he's asked you to do. For he who... Whom God has sent speaks the words of God. For God giveth not the Spirit by measure unto him. The Father loveth the Son, and he hath given all things in his hand. Wow. So when you receive what the Son says, you receive all that the Father has put in his hand. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not on the Son hath not, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth in, on him. In Jesus' conversation with the Father in John chapter 17, verse 17, he said these words, and they, they stick out to me. And he said it in the imperative mood, and he's talking to his father. Do you ever have your son talk to you in the imperative mood? God didn't seem to have a problem with it. But he said this concerning his disciples. He said, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. This is the truth. Amen? This is the truth. There is no other truth. And this is the truth that's superior to all other truths. Well, are there other truths? Yeah. Are you sick? Really? Yeah. That's a truth. But this truth is more superior to that truth. How long do you tolerate your sickness? 
How long do you tolerate depression? How long do you tolerate a, a disease that keeps you from being who you really are supposed to be? How long do you tolerate that? And what he has seen and heard, that he testifies. That's a profound statement. Because what he saw is what he said. And what he said is what he saw. And what he said is what he heard. And what he heard is what he said. And it's about you. I don't know why this congregation goes so quiet. Can't you say amen? Like, are you alive or what? Am I putting you to sleep? Should I yell louder or what? Sanctify them. Here's what that means. Father, it's imperative that you consecrate these people. To you. That you set them aside for your cause and your purpose. The word will set you aside. And will give you something to pursue. To which you will become a doer. You know, we were without TV for three or four days. Man, it was lonely. It was terrible, actually. But I got to realize, I said to Louise, what did we do without a TV? Well, now you get your iPhone and your iPods, and who needs a TV? What do you pursue? Sanctify them. Cleanse them. Purify them. And set them aside for you. By your word. This word. What he saw and what he heard from the Father, he spoke. And so it is. You either accept it or reject it, but you can't alter it. Jesus said several times in the Gospels, he said, oh, that's okay. What is written about me must be fulfilled. Oh yeah, the prophet Isaiah said something about that. Yeah, I need to fulfill that. He was very cognizant of what he was here for. He had a reality 
that his life was attached to the destiny and the fulfillment of his assignment that was written in the book about him. The word set him apart to be and fulfill the assignment and the destiny that God had for him. Even before the cross, Hebrews says, for the joy that was set before them, before him, he endured. He pursued the truth through to the end. Aren't we glad? There may be other people in this world will be glad if you pursue the truth to its end on their behalf. Pursuers become doers, not relaxers. Well, I don't know what to do. Read the word. As Dr. Brown would say, let me help you with that. I want to take you to a passage of scripture, uh, and I'm just going. I'm not going to read it. But there was this. There was the disciples, and there was this huge crowd, and this this child. His father brought the child there, and the child was had a dumb spirit or something. And there was a whole crowd. Jesus came along, and he says, "What are you guys talking about here?" Well, this guy, and they're trying to cast this devil out, and uh, they can't do it. And Jesus said to them. Oh, you're faithless. You're faithless. Isn't that nice? But it's true. You can't do something, you're faithless. And he says in another scripture, to him that believeth, all things are possible. To him that believeth, all things are possible. The woman who pursued Jesus in the crowd believed that if she could just touch him, she'd be healed. And her faith caused her to pursue the truth. And she experienced the truth. The doctors could do nothing for her, and she lived for a long time like this, but she came to a decision in her own heart. I'm going to do something about this. I'm going to pursue him, and I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. Pursuers become doers. Expectation people just relax, God will do it. Do nothing. And I'd like to just take you to that passage of scripture for a moment. And I'd like to just kind of tear it apart for you. Because within the grammar of the verse, and I know this can be boring. Sorry. That's the way it's going to be. Mark 9.23, Jesus said to him, If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes.
you. If you can believe. He said to him. To him. Autos in the Greek. Him. Making an emphasized identity. It's you. I'm talking to you. In his words, in his, in his talking to this person, I believe it was the father. In talking to him, he said this. I am emphasizing you right now. If you can believe, all things are possible. What he did is, he, he's setting the individual in a specific position in relationship to his faith and expectation. You. He said unto him, very specifically to a particular person. So when you read the word, believe that God is saying to you, you're the him. If you can believe, all things are possible. Is that a lie or is that a truth? He has set you aside and sanctified you by his truth. That means you're set aside for the reality of his truth. And the reality of his truth is this. If you can believe, all things are possible. That is not a lie. That is not just for, I mean, a chosen few. He's speaking directly to an individual person. You yourself. Donay means is the word can. You can. Can here has the idea. This Greek word has the. You have the capacity and the ability to believe. And the capacity to believe has the capacity to see it happen. We are designed to believe. We are designed to walk by faith. We are designed to walk according to the word. Amen? Hallelujah. That We are designed that way. We're not designed in the kingdom of God. The new creation is not designed to walk after the world and according to the world and the dictates of the world and the conditions of the world and what the world has to offer and all its failure and sickness. We are designed to walk by faith and overcome and see the world effect on us destroyed. We're not of this world. Sickness doesn't belong in your body. It doesn't exist in the kingdom of God. But we tolerate it. We blame something about it. We blame, we blame people. Well, I'm depressed because of so-and-so. Well, get undepressed and leave so-and-so alone. 
The more you think about so-and-so, the more depressed you get. You have to change your thinking. And I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm talking about word thinking. And there's a difference between positive thinking and word thinking. Word thinking looks at the reality of everything. The reality was this kid was demon-possessed. The reality was he needed to be set free, and the parents were looking for help. That's the reality of the world. But the reality of the kingdom has a faith that releases people out of that world. All things. All things means everything. (laughs) I'm going to take you to an example of a man of God who wouldn't settle for anything less than what God said. All things are possible. The word possible here is not the idea of a potential that has no power. The word possible here has within the word itself, it means the actual powerful ability and might and strength to actually do it. You. He's saying this to the Father. You, if you believe, what happens when you believe, a power is released. It's the power of possibility. And the power of possibility all of a sudden deals with the issue that needs to be dealt with. Faith releases this powerful ability that makes it possible for you, dad, for your son, to see him free. That's what he's saying. Wow. I don't know if this guy was even a believer. The disciples couldn't seem to handle this one, so Jesus said, well, just bring him here. Let me show you how to do it. You know, that's one thing about the Lord. When you fail, he's there to help you. Amen? He's there to help you. He will do what his word says he can do. Without a doubt, he'll do it for you. Do we believe that, though? You see, there's only one condition that counts. It's his condition. There's only one truth that really matters. It's his word. All things are possible to him 
Here again, this individualizes the person. I am, I am calling you out. I am talking to you specifically. You can see anything that's impossible be possible if you believe the truth. Well, I can't get my mind off the negative. I was talking to Charlene on Friday about her experience. How fear attacked her. She thought she was under its control. But as she shared her testimony, she kept speaking the word to the situation. I said, fear wasn't in control. You were. Because you were speaking truth to your situation. And when you speak the truth, truth overcomes fear. And when she went for her tests, they were all good. And the baby also, you spoke to your baby because they said there was a heartbeat or whatever. You spoke to the baby, the word. The test was good. The tests were all changed. Because you wouldn't tolerate fear. So who's in control? Sometimes we think what attacking us is in control. But it's not. Unless you allow it. And you... When you speak truth to your situation, you are coming in agreement with Almighty God and the name of Jesus and the one who has been given all authority in heaven and on earth. He has been given authority in heaven and on earth. He is the authority that is connecting you to what is in heaven. And it is his right and his uh, privilege and his power to actually activate What you're asking for. In Romans, and I'm just going to read this passage of scripture in closing. In Romans chapter 4. And I'm going to read to you out of the J.B. Phillips translation. It's a paraphrase. But it talks talks about Abraham. Paul is using Abraham as an example of faith and uh, salvation without works and so on. And deliverance and, and provision and all this stuff. Abraham, when hope was dead within him, went on hoping in faith. Verse 18. Believing that he would become the father of many nations. He relied on the word of God. Which definitely referred to your seed. Do you remember this other passage in in Mark? You. You individualize. I'm talking to you. Well he's talking to Abraham. He talked to Abraham. He says your seed. Very specific. In verse 19, with undaunted faith, he looked 
at the facts of his own impotence. So, see, biblical thinking doesn't ignore the facts. There's the worldly facts and there's the kingdom facts. And he, his, he was practically a hundred years old at the time and his wife Sarah apparently barren. Yet he refused to allow any distrust of a definite pronouncement of God to make him waver. He drew strength from his faith and while giving glory to God, remained absolutely convinced that God was able to implement his own promise. So what did Abraham do? How did he draw strength from his faith? He spoke what God said. No, no. I, I see that I'm... I'm almost 100, and my wife's been barren for all our life. We haven't had any kids. You know what? This is impossible. But God said. And God, his facts are more superior than my physical facts are right now. And what he has declared will become the reality of my life, even though I don't have what to perform with. And here's the key to that. The key to that is this. The key is this. I don't have how to perform this, but he does. He does. You see, pursuers are like the undaunted man who says, no. I am not submitting to my condition as a real, final reality in the kingdom of God. No, no. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm going to quote what God, God said to me, I'm going to be the father of many nations. And he began to quote the word. And God said to Joshua, he says, don't let this word depart from your mouth. Don't ever let it be not your confession anymore. And what did he say? He said, I want you to know, and I want to come out of your mouth, what I said to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Moses. It wasn't even his own word. It wasn't a personal word for him at all. It was what God had planned years, 430 years before of what would actually happen. And he says, you confess that word. This, don't, don't let this come out of your mouth. Don't let anything except this come out of your mouth. Now, I know we have this whole confession and positive stuff, but I'm telling you, God wants you to confess his word. What else are you going to confess? Your depression, your sickness, your condition? He would not allow. He wouldn't allow anything to cause a mistrust in what God said. That's powerful. That's powerful. He remained absolutely convinced that God was able to implement his own promise. This was the faith which counted him for righteousness. Now, the count, now this counting of faith for righteousness was not recorded simply for Abraham's credit. Listen to this. But as a divine principle 
which should apply to us as well. Faith to be reckoned as a righteousness to us also who believe in him, who raised him from the dead, who raised from the dead Jesus as Lord, who also delivered to death for our sins and raised again in the security of our justification. Listen, he was put to death. This brings the whole cross into picture. His suffering, his persecution, his everything that he went through as a man, he did for you. And his stripes and his verbal abuse, his physical abuse, everything. This whole picture brings that right in there right now. And what it does is it encapsulates everything that the cross ever represents and done for your life. That principle of faith is for you. And Abraham becomes the example of someone who walked by faith and would not allow his condition to be submitted to outside what God said. Ah, God called me out of the air of the Chaldees. He called me out. And he called me out to take me somewhere. He called me out to put me on a trail. He told me there were promises of promised land for my seed. He told me that there was a way and I'm going to be the father of many nations. And I could just hear Abraham quoting the word of God in his own heart saying, I will not believe anything other than this, even though I can't perform it. That's faith. Faith has nothing to do with what you can do. Faith has everything to do with what he can do. You are called out to go somewhere. You are called out for a purpose. You're called out of darkness into his marvelous light. You're called out of darkness into a path of life and justice and power and ability if you believe. And if you lay your heart and begin to pursue the truth, God will set you free and God will heal your illness. Pursuers are undaunted. I will not get off the truth. And I'm going to expect what the word says to happen to me. So here's the disciples. He said, you go out, preach the kingdom. Good news. Some preachers just have bad news all the time. No, no. We're preachers of good news. The gospel of the kingdom is the good news of the rule and reign and authority of God over everything in your life. So when they came to these sick people, they said, you know what? The kingdom is right here. Do you want it? Yeah. Be healed. Boom. Done. 
You're dead. Come to life. You have a disease? Be cleansed. Freely you receive, freely you give. It has nothing to do with you. What you need to do is pursue and receive, and you will do. And then they came across some they didn't succeed with. And so we get into discussion. Is everybody supposed to be healed? Dumb. It's like the cross only applied for some and not to the others. Or you can be healed, but not you. You can be healed, but not you. You can be healed, but not you. Now, I'm making decisions that God never made. And neither did he say that. And neither did he demonstrate. But on the other hand, the disciples couldn't do some things. But Jesus comes along and says, let me help you. And there's always a learning road. When something doesn't work, you're in the learning mode. Open yourself up and say, God, I don't understand why this doesn't work. I need to know. We learned some things about healing down in Branson. It was amazing. It was so simple. In fact, you exercised it the other day and it worked for you, didn't it? See, when something doesn't work, don't give up. Well, it must not be God. No, no. It's nothing to do with God if it doesn't work. Because all things are possible to him who believes. Don't tell me that that word doesn't mean all things. Nor does it include everybody. Because everybody has all things. So he's speaking to this father. He says, you know what? He said to him, you know what? All things are possible. You just need to believe. Believe what? Believe what he said. Abraham became the father of many nations because he would not let the doubt of his impotency to be the reality of his life. What did he do? He drew strength from his faith. What? Where does faith come from? The word. All right. So if faith comes from the word. Then I'm going to say what the word says. And it shall not depart from my mouth. I am not going to go down the other road. It's not productive. It's counterproductive. Amen. And so I believe God wants you to rise up. And say, you know what? Enough is enough. I'm not putting up with this condition no more. And you need to begin to speak what the word says about your life. That's not positive confession. That's word confession. By his stripes, you were. Stop trying to be healed. You already are. Receive it. We talk like though the cross is still happening. Like God is still trying to get healing. No, no. It's already done. And Isaiah said you were. 
or you are, because the cross not happened yet. But after the cross, Peter says you were. That's the truth. Do you really believe the truth? Will you pursue that truth with undaunted faith until you see its reality in your life? Because I'll tell you why. When you see its reality in your life, you will be able to say to someone else, you know what, I have an answer for you. This didn't just happen for Abraham. It happened. It's the same principle for us. Amen. Very specific in Mark. He said unto him. Wow. I mean, we just kind of pass over that stuff. I don't know about you. I've read this verse so many times before. But when I got into the grammar, I'd be into, oh, gee, you know, this guy, he was specifically called out. <laughs> just think about this for a minute. Was Abraham called out? Yeah. Were you called out? Oh. The word has a way, Jesus has a way of somehow calling you out and identifying you. You. You shall receive power. Who's that? Well, he's talking about the disciples. People of God. You. Was that you? Yeah. It is. It's not a story. It's your reality. I'm looking forward, Pastor David, to hearing some testimonies. Charlene has an an incredible testimony of how she pursued... She pursued the truth. She spoke the truth. She declared the truth. She decreed the truth over her condition. And you know what? God's word works. And the condition totally changed. The doctor's prognosis were all gone. Oh, they had truth. But there was a superior truth. And you wouldn't submit. You know, some women don't submit. Yeah, (laughs) I just have to throw that in a little. But we all need to submit to the word. Amen. Word is truth. You tired of living in your financial status? Stop running down prosperity. I know a couple who said to me, I don't believe in prosperity. Well, they've lost two homes. That's not the will of God. You see, we don't like the truth in some areas. Why not? Why, why don't you like that truth? Well, because it's money. So what? If God wants to prosper you financially, accept it. His word said he'll prosper you. He didn't say, he said, whatever you sow, you will reap. 
Well, it's just been abused. So? Don't confess a Cadillac. Confess the word. What are you expecting from God? Does he have blessings for you that you don't know of yet? Yeah. He does. He wants to bless your socks off. Get big ones. God is not poverty minded. He's not poor little God sitting up there thinking, I don't know where, I don't have any more resources for you. I have no more answers. I don't have any direction. I, I'm, I'm just, well, you know, just you're on your own. No. His word is truth. And the Lord's prayer was this. You sanctify them by your truth. You set them apart by your truth. When you're set apart by the truth, you're set apart for the truth. To fulfill the truth. And to pursue the truth and be a doer of it. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your word, Lord. Oh, Lord, we're pursuers. We pursue you. We pursue your truth. We pursue the dreams that you put in our hearts. We pursue the dream that you have for us, Lord. We pursue not just some truth. We want to pursue all the truth, Lord. We don't want to be a one-message church. We don't want to be a one-message people. We want all that you have said. That we may be all that we are to be. And Father, I pray that you'd bless this word to our hearts. And I pray that we would be pursuers of your word like Abraham. He became a pursuer and he was a doer. And what you said came to pass. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you paid the full price for all that we're to receive. We earn none of it. But we pursue your truth by faith to come to reality in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.